Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We had no content over the weekend, we still took a bit of a spell after a big few weeks of the internationals coming your way over the next couple of weeks, so we're going to be back into it in full swing. Uh, this afternoon guys, Bloke in a Bar, we did a full preview the other day, uh, sorry, a full review of every single team in the game. It's a five and a half hour episode, we'll have all of it here on the Rugby League Guru Podcast as well, uh, but every single team... We spend about 15 minutes to half an hour or so reviewing their season, our thoughts on it, and the big questions heading into next year and whatnot. Uh, Some of the best content you will find. You'll thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, But today, I thought I would get stuck into some of the questions that you guys sent in the other day. After them on Friday, thought I'd get a bit of time Friday after to go through some of them, run out of time. Thought I'd save them for early this week. Uh, Before we have all the internationals and we'll be talking about all those, thought I might just get in and answer a few of your questions, Uh, give my response. We've got a few here. The first one comes from Big Les. uh, where does Dylan Edwards come into the Kangaroos side? Would you have picked KP or Reese Walsh? Our next one is from Josh. Thoughts on Brooks DCE half-sharing for Manly next year. Then we got from Dino. How would you rate the night season? Did they play to potential or a flash in the pan? Ben Simo, do you ever get over watching footy? An interesting one. Uh, Mark Whip, will the, will the World Club Challenge mean more to the Panthers this year? And from Zach Martin, has Cleary overtaken Joey as the GOAT? All of those questions, we're going to get stuck into those in that order. Let's have a look at the first one from Big Les. Go and follow him on Instagram. Always doing good work. Where does Dylan Edwards come into the Kangaroos side? Would you have picked KP or Reese Walsh? Um, form-wise, I understand why people want KP or Reese Walsh, uh, but I think their time will come. I think right now it is Dylan Edwards' time, and I'm so happy to see him get picked. Uh, and you know what? I think he's the most deserving of all those guys. You know, KP's obviously played great footy over the last few years. He has been a little bit inconsistent, a little bit up and down though, let's be honest here. Even this year, won a Dalia medal and he was still up and down. His back end of the season was fantastic. Start of it was pretty poor. Um, so for me, winning a third premiership in a row and having a Clive Churchill, I would have to go with Dylan Edwards. I'm more than happy to see him get a bait in that side. And Reese Walsh, as you guys know, one of my favourites, a tremendous footballer. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is what his second year of first grade. Um, and, you know, I 
by this point, Dylan Edwards has won three comps. Uh, who's the player that probably could have fit into more positions? Um, probably Reese Walsh, I guess. But, mate, I, I, I think you'll find that Dylan Edwards, I think he's either going to play fullback in some games or they might chuck him on the wing in some games. I reckon wherever he plays, he's going to run for 250 metres. I think he's going to really do well, Dylan Edwards. So I'm more than happy with the pick. I know the highlights and everything probably favour Reese Walsh, Kalen Ponga. All the hype favours those guys. And I, I know that when the team, when the squad first came out, that they were the players that people were upset weren't picked. Uh, but as I said at the time, I thought it was pretty unlucky that uh, Dylan Edwards didn't get an opportunity. And after he didn't get picked in that, I sort of said, said you know what, I'm I'm not sure if there's anything this guy can do to get picked. Thankfully, I was wrong. Mal Meningo, when Josh Hadokar got ruled out, he's turned to Dylan Edwards, and I think he'll do a tremendous job. So shout out to Dill. Uh, wasn't born with all the talents in the world. He's had to work bloody hard to get to where he is, and I'm very, very proud of him to see where he is. I, I sound like a proud dad, but I think he's just one of those guys, Dill Edwards. He's a battler that just tries his absolute best every single fucking week, and you've got to appreciate that. Ren, for 300 metres in the grand final, unbelievable stuff. And honestly, we didn't even really talk about it that much just because uh, it's Dill. That's what Dill Edwards does. It is unbelievable. Next question from Josh. Thoughts on Brooks DCE Haas pairing for Manly next year? I really like it. Uh, I've always been a Luke Brooks fan. I know a lot of you uh, get stuck into him and want to bag him all the time, and I, I understand that. I, I get it. Has he played um, as well as what the Tigers needed him to? No, he hasn't, but fuck me. Who has it, the Tigers? I, I think that there's a lot of potential in Brooksy, uh, and I think at Manly, I think a fresh start's going to be really good for him. And I personally think that if Brooksy would have come into first grade at a different club, I think he'd be a very well-respected player. And I think over the, the next few years, he's going to show people that he can play. I think he's got a pretty easy role as well. Obviously, playing with DCE, who's a very ball-dominant seven. I think it's been really evident with Luke Brooks's career that when he's at his best, it's when he's running. It's when he's just playing eyes-up footy. I, I'm not really convinced he's an actual halfback. I think he's more of a 5'8", and I think he will make a home for himself on that left edge for the Manly Seagulls. Once again, he doesn't have to be the ball-dominant guy. He can just pop up here and there. He's got a nice little edge out there. I assume he'll have Josh Schuster in the back row, uh, Ruben Garrick out on that edge. So he'll have a lot of strike down there to work with, and obviously, as we know, that's where Tommy Turbo does his absolute best work, floating down that edge. So it's a good little spot for Brooks to land, and I do think he will be successful there. Defensively, is going to be my big question mark. If you have Schuster and Luke Brooks next to each other, uh, that could make life very, very difficult. But a couple of years ago when Schuster was playing in the back row, he was defending well there. He was getting physical. He needs to get back to that because what he showed last year is really not going to help Luke Brooks at all. So it'll be interesting to see how that edge plays out. Uh, but my gut feel on Luke Brooks and DC is that they will be a pretty good combination. I'm not tipping them to win a comp. I'm not even really tipping them to definitely play finals. But I do think that Brooksy will be a good signing. I think he will play some good footy there. Uh, I just think he's become the face of the West Tigers fucking debacle because he's been there for so long. I think he has become the scapegoat to some extent. Um, and he hasn't played his greatest footy, no doubt about that. But once again, who has at the Tigers? I personally I think it's more of a West Tigers thing than a Luke Brooks thing, but we'll see when he arrives at Manly. Obviously, a team that, you know, are are they the best coach team in the competition? I would say no, just, you know, you watch the way they play and the way that they handle things, but I do think that Brooksy can be successful, and I think DCE will be really good for him. It'll be interesting 
DCE probably got another two or three years left. Uh, once he retires, you would you would assume that they'd be planning on Brooks to be the guy there, and then they maybe bring in someone else. There's a couple of young guys at the Manly Seagulls, I think um, Humphreys and whatnot, who they've probably got earmarked to come into that side. But it is going to be an interesting transition when they move away from DCE. I think Luke Brooks at the at the price they would have got him. I think he's a very very good get for the Manly Seagulls. So we'll see how it plays out. There'll be a lot of people riding Brooksy, hoping that he fails, uh, which is just how it works, unfortunately in rugby league, but I think he will do well there, and I'm really excited to see Brooksy in different colours and in a different system. Uh, Dino, how would you rate the Knights' season? Did they play to potential or a flash in the pan? I think they played to potential. I, I really do. And even, you know, they obviously won the 10 games in a row, which was incredible, but you have a look at the, the three games before that. They lost to Brisbane and to Penrith in both 1-12 to 12 games, and we're in both of those games. I genuinely do think that Newcastle can compete with... Um, you know, actually, no, I shouldn't say. I, I think Newcastle right now can be like a top four side, but I think right now they are similar to the New Zealand Warriors. They are similar to the Melbourne Storm. They are a top four side, but the reality is right now in the the NRL, or this year anyway, the top four was split into two. There was a top two and then third and fourth, and there was a pretty clear divide the entire season. Melbourne and Warriors fans telling me all year, nah, nah, we can compete with them, we can compete with them. At the end of the day, you couldn't couldn't really get near those two sides, and it takes years to develop stuff like this. I look at the Warriors and I look at the Knights, and they're the two teams that I find most interesting coming into next season, and their fans will get upset, and I understand that. That's fine, but at the end of last season, I said, you know what's going to be interesting in 2023? You had Parramatta, who really jumped out of the ground, went all the way to a grand final. You had the Cowboys who came from nowhere to make a top four finish. And you had the Sharkies who also came from nowhere to make a top four finish. And I said, history tells us that two of those teams will probably fall out of the top eight. Who will they be? I'm not sure. Parramatta fans absolutely ripped me a new asshole for being a hater. Cowboys fans gave it to me. Sharkies fans gave it to me. You have a look how it finished in 2023. Parramatta missed the finals. North Queensland Cowboys missed the finals. Sharkies made the finals and went out in the first game of the finals. So, it is, it, and this is what makes it so impressive what the Penrith Panthers have done. The fact that they jumped right up and they've managed to stay there. It's incredibly hard to do. This year, I look at the top eight and I go, okay, the Newcastle Knights, they sort of jumped up from nowhere. The New Zealand Warriors, they jumped up from nowhere. And the other team that did it is the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah. Now, I know they finished ninth last year, but to go from ninth to a grand final and be as dominant as they were, once again, they weren't a top eight side. They weren't a top four side. They were a top two side and a clear top two side. Now, they have just suffered a lot of heartbreak and whatnot. So it will be very, very interesting to see how those teams respond. For me... I do like the look of Newcastle, though. I really like the way their forward pack has developed. They'll get Jaden Braley back next year. They'll have him as a combination with Phoenix Crossham, which I absolutely love. Jack Cogger's joining them as well. He'll add something a little bit different, and it'll just be a great backup to have. I'm not sure if Cogger makes the starting side. I think Jacko Hastings has to be the seven. I think a lot of people are saying off the back of that grand final, well, Cogger has to be the 5'8". I actually disagree. I think that what made Cogger so good in that game is just how he squared up all the time. He played really, really straight, and he created opportunities out the back for Nathan Cleary, and that's where he did his best work. And people are saying he has to be in the team. He has to be the 5'8". I kind of disagree. I would be going with Hastings and Gamble, and I would have Cogger there pushing for both those spots. But I think if you're playing him at 5'8", you're actually not getting the best out of Jack Cogger. That's not where we've seen him play his best footy. If you want him to be in the starting halves for Newcastle off the back of that grand final, playing him at 5'8", and playing second fiddle isn't the way to go. You probably want him at halfback. But the reality is... 
that Jackson Hastings has been playing that role all year for Newcastle, and they don't really need someone to come in and replace that role because Jacko's done it sensationally well this year. So they are an interesting side. I really like the depth they've got. And I personally think that I will be tipping them to make the top eight next year. I think Newcastle will be there. If I'm honest, the New Zealand Warriors, they worry me a little bit more. Uh, but Roger comes in, so hopefully that, that will help the system and whatnot. And you also got to have a look at the NRL ladder as well. I mean, teams that missed the eight that probably should have been there. You know, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they should have definitely played finals footy this year, and I will be tipping them to play finals footy next year. They've obviously got off-field dramas that they need to sort out. But Parramatta, they had a good enough side to get there. Uh, I think the Cowboys, they had, in parts, they definitely played good enough footy to be there as well. I think the Dolphins will be better for the run next year. I think they'll be a better side. And the Titans as well, I think they could be big, big movers and shakers. Uh, you've obviously then got Canterbury, who I don't think they'll jump up too much, but they are getting quality players another year there. But I can't see them being a top eight side. So for me, I have a look at that. Probably the only team that I think falls out of the top eight is probably the Raiders. I'm probably confident that they fall out of the eight just because they're losing Jack and whatnot. But I mean, Ricky has set such a high bar there over the last years that they make the eight every single year. It's sort of hard to make a call on. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year. I think Newcastle, they played to their potential. I don't think it was flash in the pan stuff. I'm not really convinced that you can play 10 weeks of flash in the pan footy in this competition uh, and then go and win a finals game. And before that, uh, only get beat by the Panthers and the Broncos, those, those clear top two sides by less than 10 points. So for me, I don't think it's flash in the pan stuff. Uh, I, I think that that is who the Newcastle Knights are, but it's just about keeping those standards to that height because it did drop off throughout the start of the year in different points. I went out there and watched the Knights play Parramatta and they were fucking awful. I personally thought that that was the end of their season that night, but they managed to turn that around and put in very good performances towards the back end of the season. So I don't think it's flash in the pan. I think that's Newcastle's playing to their potential but playing to your potential over a long period of time is very tough, and that'll be the big test. From Ben Simo, do you, do you ever get over watching footy? I'll be honest with you, mate. After that grand final, uh, you know, I absolutely loved it. I took it all in. It was the most, one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. Did all my content off the back of it during the week. It was fantastic. Uh, but I have really enjoyed the last week or so, uh, just hanging out with family, spending time with mates and whatnot, and not having to worry about uh, watching, you know, eight games of footy that weekend. So do I ever get over watching footy? Not really, mate, because I absolutely love it, and I am very appreciative for where I am in life and what my job is. I, I can't, like, I am so appreciative, and I, I respect that so much, and I'm so lucky to be in the spot I'm in. Uh, but do I enjoy when we do have a little bit of time off footy? 100% I do, mate, 100%. But I wouldn't say I get over watching footy. Um, and, you know, there are times where, you know, I might be at home and, you know, there's a family event or my friends are out or something's happening somewhere I want to be, but I know I have to stay home and watch the footy. And it might be, you know, 12th versus 15th, but that's sort of the sacrifices that I make, yeah, uh, to be able to do what I do and have the job that I do and the opportunities I do. So I'm very, very grateful for that, obviously. But no, mate, I don't get over footy, but I do appreciate the times where there isn't any footy on and I can sort of fo- put, put the feet up and focus on other things in life. Uh, Mark Whip. Will the World Club Challenge mean more to the Panthers this year? I think it definitely will, mate. I know for a fact the Panthers are still stinging about how that played out. Uh, at Penrith, I think they got beaten 13-12. Um, yeah, that they were not happy with that. And I actually heard the other day uh, that the Panthers weren't overly stoked that the Catalans beat St. Helens uh, in the prelim final. I think it was the other day. I don't keep a heap close eye on the Super League. Uh, but I do. I have heard that the Panthers weren't overly happy because they wanted another 
shot at St. Helens. Uh, it looks like Catalans could be on their way to win their first um, premiership over there in the Super League. So that'd be super exciting. And wouldn't it be cool to see like Mitch Pierce come back, uh, Sam Tompkins, these sort of guys come back and play in a World Club Challenge. As I said, guys, I do not focus too heavily on the Super League. I don't even know who are the teams that they could potentially play in the grand final. I honestly haven't even had a look at it, uh, but I did keep an eye on that because I heard the Panthers boys are watching it very, very closely because they wanted another shot at St. Helens. Uh, so very interesting, mate. I do think that World Club Challenge, it will mean a lot to them. I don't think there is any denying that whatsoever. They'll be very, very keen on it. I don't think they actually played in 2021. I think COVID might have prevented it. Um, So, yeah, this year I think they'll be very, very keen on that game. And I'm expecting them to put in a good performance because I know they were hurting off the back of that one last year. Uh, Sorry, this year. Wasn't it interesting, you know, after that game, everyone said the Panthers were done. They're down and out and, you know... I just remember sitting there on bloke and then, you know, round one they got beat by the Broncos and a lot of people said they're done, they're out, they're not the same team. And I was like, fuck, just played two good sides and only got beaten very, very tight margins. Like those games could have gone either way at any point. Uh, they're still working out life without Appy, life without Appy Curacao. Uh, yeah, so it's just incredible how their season played out and how they just developed as the year went on and, of course, took home their third premiership. But, yes, uh, Mark, I do think that World Club Challenge will mean a lot to this squad. Our next question comes from Zach Martin. Has Cleary overtaken Joey as the GOAT? I personally don't think so yet. Great question there from Zach. And, mate, I'd have to completely agree with you. Uh, I've seen a lot of people that have put Nath as, you know, the best halfback ever this week, and I, just, I, I, I don't know how you could do it. I just I, I can't. I think he is on a path there. I have always said that. Uh, but in order for you to be the greatest ever or the best halfback ever, you have to dominate Origin. And Nath's won 50% of his games, but he has not taken Origin by the collar yet, and he needs to do that. Joey did that on many occasions, and if if Nath, you know what, Nath doesn't even have to have as good an origin career as what a Joey and these sort of guys did, but he has to own origin. He has to be one of the big players in it, and so far he hasn't been that guy. He's won series, but he hasn't been the guy, and that is, for me, what will elevate him to that next level. Now, keep in mind, Nath is 25 years old. With the way that careers are going now, you look at DCE, Nath could play till he's 35. He could have 10 more origin series to come, potentially. Let's say he has eight, though. Let's say he has eight more Origin Series, and let's say he turns the corner and he does start to win some of these. Let's say Nath wins four of the next eight. Yeah, so let's not be over the top. Let's say he just wins at 50%. But if he is the guy in 50% of those, and even in, in ones that they lose, he is very, very tight. All of a sudden, he's going to finish with seven Origin Series victories. And very quickly... People will forget, and, and people will say right now, no, they won't, we'll never forget, but you you know, you know, tend to forget in history that he wasn't the most dominant guy for the first half of his career. And even when he wasn't, he still finished with a 50% win rate and three origin series. And people, that will all start to merge together eventually. Like, you never hear people when they're talking about Andrew Johns and an origin great, what do they talk about? They talk about 05, or do they talk about when he played hooker so they could get Brett Kamali into the side? Give you the hot tip. They talk about when he played halfback in 2005 and did the most unbelievable thing. So when you start to achieve, that's the stuff that starts to take over a little bit. Yeah, that's the stuff that you start to appreciate more. So I do think... Nath doesn't have to have the greatest origin career ever because I think he's going to have one of the greatest club land careers ever. I really do. Uh, you look at, you know, he's the first guy to win three premiers in a row since Peter Sterling. Uh, that is just about fucking unheard of. I think he's in a very good spot to win a fourth in a row. Uh, keep in mind, he's won two Clive Churchills across those three premierships. You look back at Sturlo, um, I think he won one Clive Churchill and I think Brett Kenny won the other two from memory. Uh, so Nath has won two. He's been the captain of three 
premierships in a row. Hasn't got that Dalian medal yet. Has got close on a couple of occasions. But I think just what he does in finals when it actually matters, I think that just means so much. But Joey obviously had huge moments in finals as well. So Joey dominated final series and he dominated origin. I would say right now, even in his short career, I think Nath has almost dominated uh, final series more than what Joey did. But when you're talking origin, it is Joey by a country mile. Like There is really no argument to even put Nath in the same category as Joey in the origin sphere. So there is a big gap between Nath and Joey as far as origin right now. I think finals footy, honestly, I think what he's done over the last three years almost elevates uh, Nath Cleary above Joey. You know, Joey won two premierships, obviously. Uh, he won a Clive Churchill in one of them. Uh, and then he came up with the, with the match-winning play in the other one. Nath has won two Clive Churchill medals. He won the first grand final, essentially off his boot and then he came up with you know arguably the greatest 20 minutes we've ever seen in rugby league to get his team back into that game to win it when it mattered so for me I don't think you could possibly put Nath above Joey right now I think you do also need to take into consideration how much footy Joey missed with injuries and whatnot and all that sort of stuff Uh, but the scary thing is with Nath that Guys tend to play their best footy when they're, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31, which is when Joey had his 05 moment, when Freddie was dominating, making a grand final every year, when Cooper Cronk won three grand finals in a row. So you would have to assume the very best of Nath Cleary is still to come. He is still learning. He is still maturing. And as much as Nath, I, I, I know what he's like. I've spoken to him. I know how his mind works. Everyone is celebrating that last 20 minutes. I guarantee you all off-season, Nath is going to watch the first 60 minutes where he is fucking awful. And he's going to take so much from that. Maybe it was injury affected. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, this guy's an absolute competitor. The amount of times they play on a Friday or a Saturday night and they don't do well or he doesn't have a 10 out of 10 game and then I get messages from people out at Penrith that he's already down at the training grounds at 6am the next day working on his craft is fucking incredible. So, look, I don't think you could put Nath above Joey. I don't think that's fair right now. I think it is still Joey. He is an immortal. Uh, Nath has the potential to be an immortal, but Joey is an immortal. He has been there. He has done it. He has achieved it over a career. He's done it in origin. I think Nath has got a long way to go and if I was betting on who, you know, I, I think Nath genuinely has the potential to be able to jump ahead of Joey. People get upset by that, but when you look at his resume. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And he still potentially has 10 years left, assuming he doesn't have injuries and whatnot, which, you know, he might not. Um, yeah, it's pretty scary what he could achieve. But right now, Joey is still in front, but I think Nath is in the rearview mirror and he is gaining very, very quickly. And with the system he's in, what he's got to work with, his ability, his age, I, I, I do think there is a lot of things that are falling Nath's way that he has created uh, that could take him a very, very long way in our game. But still for me right now, it has to be Joey. Nath, I do think he has a very, very good shot of catching him over the next couple of years though. Mom. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.